Pop Sugar's Love Rants is brought to you by Yuli, an innovative online healthcare platform exclusively for women that says buck that to the traditional healthcare system. Get online and get faster access to women's health and medicine by visiting yuli.com.au. Hello and welcome to Pop Sugar's Love Rants. Before we begin, I'd like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land in which we're recording and pay our respects to elders past, present and emerging. I'm Melissa Mason, a journalist, podcaster and the host of Love Rants. We're here to have conversations that get to the heart of various topics that fall under the broad umbrella of love, sex and relationships. Throughout this series, I'll sit down with someone different as we navigate the vulnerability, embarrassment and preciousness of love and self-love. Well, welcome, Guyane, to Pop Sugar's Love Rants. Um, I will just introduce you really quickly to our listeners. So Guyane was previously based in New York City. She is an amazing Australian journalist. She has literally worked everywhere. I cannot even think of a place you haven't worked at this point. She was managing editor at Man Rapella. She was senior lifestyle editor at BuzzFeed. She's written for literally everywhere under the sun, but she also is currently writing a nonfiction book called Just Friends that explores modern friendships, which I am so excited about. So welcome, welcome, welcome. Hello. Thanks for having me. Thanks for being on the podcast. And so today, look, we're going to be having a bit of a discussion about Instagram and I guess social media in general, which is a kind of a topic really close to my heart because I have such a conflicting relationship with social media, in particular in the way that I, I guess, share about my life and then the way that I consume content that's shared by others. But what's your relationship been with social media? It's interesting, Mel. And I think one of the reasons I'm so excited to have this conversation with you is that I feel like you and I have a bit of a different approach to social media. I feel like I'm very affected by it. I consume a lot of content that's put on social media, but I myself don't put a lot out there. I kind of have Mm. this hesitation. I find it really tricky to think about what I want people to see. But then I also struggle with that as well, because I think in our industry and many industries, it really does feel like an extension of yourself which is a kind of really complex thing to tackle. Yeah. So I think it's really strange with Instagram, right? Because when it started, we were just sharing like grainy photos of like our coffee in the morning or whatever, right? Like we were Mm -hmm. just kind of going, here's this really like overly filtered picture of me where you can't even really see my nose anymore because I've put so many different image filters over it that I'm basically like a shadow ghost in the background. My friends and I always talk about how back in the early days of Instagram, you would post while you were out. So there wasn't really that second guessing about it. You know, you would, I would literally be on the dance floor at some nightclub and be like, amazing pic of us, five filters, bad (laughs) caption that maybe has a typo post. There wasn't as much thought going into it at all. It was totally different. It's so true. Like, and, and we were really just sharing moments, right? We didn't think, we didn't go, I've got to, you know, make sure that that's the best photo. I'm not going to take six different photos. I was literally taking photos inside the apps and like videos inside the app and then posting them. Whereas now, and I find this particularly with, yeah, big moments like going out, birthdays, weddings, holidays is a big one for me. When you would mm-hmm. go, you go and you're like, okay, I'm going to Thailand. I'm going to the beach from the movie The Beach, right? Big, beautiful spot. I know it's going to be stunning, but I also inside myself, I have this sort of like evil Mel who's going, I need this to look so envy inducing 
that everybody that sees it is going to feel bad. And I hate that part of me. But I mean, is that not what we're doing when we go somewhere and we take a photo of, say, you know, somewhere that we are that's really amazing or like a really um, wild night out or a great birthday or whatever, and we're putting up these photos. And I feel like there is this dark part of us now that is kind of fueled by the machine of social media that's going, I want other people to be jealous of me. Oh, totally. I mean, when you mentioned holidays, I went to Europe last year. It was kind of a last minute planned trip, but I finished up at my job. I didn't have another one lined up. So I kind of had this weird patch of time off that I hadn't anticipated, but I also didn't have a lot of money, but you know, my partner and I did the budget. We were like, okay, let's go to Europe. And then Mel, like I honestly still today would be horrified to think about how much money I spent on clothes before that trip when Mm. I wasn't even sure I could afford the trip in the first place, but I just got into this hole of like, if I'm going to go on this trip, I have to have the outfits. I have to be able to take the photos. I was bookmarking, bookmarking, bookmarking all these influencer trips and friends that I know that, you know, I know definitely had more disposable income than me at the time. And now I look back and I'm like, I didn't even take, like, I didn't even post that many photos. And what, what was I wearing all these outfits for? Like to impress my boyfriend who I live with, but it was like, (laughs) it was impossible to overcome in the time, like planning the trip, booking accommodation felt just as important as thinking about the photos, which it sounds so embarrassing to say, but I think that it's true. I think that, you know, that kind of evil male side of you that you're describing is really scarily relatable. Yeah. That shopping thing is such a holiday issue. Like I'm going overseas this year and I just have this, like my fingers are itching to buy like every beautiful maxi dress that I can, every bohemian skirt that I can find because I'm like, I have to have this perfect European wardrobe. And when I think about it, it's, it's exactly that. It's for the photos. Like I could just walk around in the same pair of like sort of dodgy overalls the entire trip if I wasn't considering like taking photos for the rest of everyone else to see. And then I just start to think, yeah, that's, it's such a strange thing that has happened that's become so normal for us to really, really care about getting the shot and getting the outfit in the shot and making sure it's the best shot. Like I'll take like, honest to God, about a hundred photos when I'm somewhere where I'm like, no, this has to be the picture. And I, I talked about this a long time ago. I wrote this story where I was saying how I had this picture of myself where I looked so amazing. And it's like, oh, I'm on a boat. I'm in Sardinia. I am like laying back. My hair's hanging over the back of the boat. I am in a bikini. I looked so hot and like laid back and effortless and cool. And I was actually in one of the worst periods of my life. I'd been broken up with. Um, the guy that I had like that had dumped me had immediately moved on to someone else who I considered at the time way hotter than me, as you do. Mm-hmm. I was like so sad inside. I was unhappy at my job. I just think I was so, so broken. And then I remember taking that photo. I was desperate to get a photo that would make him jealous, that would make, they didn't even follow me. It was like, I needed it just in case they ended up on my Instagram. Yeah. I needed to make sure that I I gave this impression that I was thriving. Um, So I wonder how much do you feel like when you get too deep in that stuff that you're actually in a bad place in life? I think for me, because I don't post that much, it's kind of a little bit the opposite. It's more like what I see on Instagram and the content that I'm consuming actually is having real world 
consequences. You know, it's mm. less I'm in a bad mood and I'm posting through it or trying to make myself better by posting. It's I'm seeing posts and then I'm feeling shit. Yeah. And that's the sick cycle, right? Because we do this stuff. Like I'll, I would do that stuff. And then I would, at the same time, it was like, I was like, it's like keeping up with the Joneses, right? Like I will post the super hot photo in the super perfect place with the super perfect outfit because I have been on Instagram feeling crap about myself because I'm looking at all these super hot people posting super hot photos in super amazing places. And then you sort of think like, even though you're aware that it's making you feel bad, you then still feed the beast, I suppose. Mm -hmm, Totally. I mean, what do you think this says about, you know, because you have talked a lot about friendships and relationships and all of that stuff. So now that social media is so prevalent in our lives, like you cannot get away from it, even if you are, you know, not posting heaps, you're still kind of connected to it, all your friends are on there, etc. How do you think that plays out in the way that we form or like cultivate friendships and relationships? Yeah, I mean, it's something, it's really interesting to me and it's something I've thought a lot while I've been working on the book. I think that what's interesting about social media is that a lot of it takes the bad habits that we fall into, you know, bad cognitive habits, um, bad things that we automatically think about ourselves and our friends and how much we're liked. And then it's amplified on social media tenfold. So for example, there's research that says when we arrive at a new location, say it's a party or a new workplace or a gym workout class, we automatically assume that everyone in the room is more connected than us. That's just something, that's just something that we automatically think, right? So on social media, you know, you can see how many people are following each other. You can see how, I mean, you used to be able to see how many people liked a photo. You can see who's commenting. You can see who's tagging each other. You can see who's posting lots of stories. So you have this kind of situation where every time you open the app, you're seeing people that you know connected to people you don't or people that you're no longer in touch with or people who you've met once, but you didn't realize that they were that close. And now they're going out to dinner and what the hell? Like, I thought that was my friend. It's, (laughs) it's this really weird thing. And I think that, you know, the thing about social media and, our curation of ourselves on it is that it is so performative, but because friendship is at its heart, a very wholesome thing that we all find joy in. It's hard to believe sometimes that friendship online is performative, but the truth is that it, it really is. I think that we all do it, but it's harder to recognize when we see it. I think with my very, very, very close friends, I'm quite aware, like, okay, I know what your real life is like. And when I see you posting things, I'm like, oh yeah, like that's lovely for you. But I also know that like your life's not perfect. Right. Mm -hmm. But then I think it's those acquaintances, people you used to know for me that really get me because that's when I don't know a lot about their lives. And for some reason, even though I'm so aware that if I scroll down my own feed, I'm like, oh, this is like Mel's best hits, like hottest 100 Mel, you know, like it's Mm -hmm. not, it's not like the times that I've, and I'm honestly, I try now to be quite transparent on Instagram because I'm so aware of how much it affects me when other people mask the reality of their lives, even subconsciously. Because I don't think, I, I really don't think many of us are out here on purpose trying all the time to make people feel bad. Like I know I said that like you go on holidays and you want people to feel jealous, but I don't think like, I don't feel like every post we're putting up has that intent. I think it's just on occasion we slip into the sick cycle of, you know, wanting to be the one that everyone's jealous of because we're jealous of someone else or whatever. But I think generally we are just posting 
the good parts of our lives. And it, but it's easier with your close friends to know what else is going on. But I think it's harder with people that you kind of know or used to know or know adjacently and all of that. Totally. And I think that one of the things about social media as well is that it really blurs the lines of what it means to be and to have a friend because, you know, you are mutuals on Twitter, you're, you know, follow each other on Instagram, your friends on Facebook, all of that stuff. But who are you actually close to? I also think that like, when you do think about your close friends, I've fallen into the trap where I am like, oh, this friendship has evolved to a place where I feel like we're close because we're liking each other's stories. We're replying sometimes. We're having these kind of little one sentence chats on Instagram DMs every few days. But if that goes on for months, even years in some case, and all of a sudden, if you really start digging, you're like, wait, we haven't had a serious conversation. You know, this person doesn't know, you know, Mm. they know that I went to this concert last Thursday, but they don't know what's going on with my health or my dog or my work situation because we haven't had conversations that have happened off those platforms that are kind of set up for those really quick dopamine hit notification one line catch up the end yeah that's so true like it's it's really strange when I think about the amount of people that I think, oh, that's my good friend. And it's like, I don't actually think I've seen them in person or even spoken to them, like heard their voice properly or had an, even like, you know, if you think about voice notes, right. Cause I feel like that's something that's really come up in the last year or so where I can have whole conversations with somebody over voice notes, but that's not really like an engaged conversation. I'm sort of just telling, I'm like talking at them and then they're talking at me. Yeah. I mean, I love voice notes, which like, I think I like <laughs> in between catch-ups, because, but then they do get to this point that I'm like, okay, I've just sent this person a 20 minute monologue about my life. <laughs> and it's not the same dynamic as a back and forth proper conversation that you would have face-to-face or even on a phone call. It is a little bit different. And I think then when you think about conversations that are happening on Instagram, they're even more diluted than that. And do you think that it's a bad thing that we have these friendships or do you think it's more just like to be cautious of it? I don't think that it's a bad thing. And I think, you know, there are a lot of reasons why a lot of different people have great friendships that occur primarily online. You know, many reasons, accessibility, finding new communities that you weren't a part of beforehand. But I think that for people who did meet in person and who are able to access each other easily and safely, it can be an easy replacement for those kind of catch-ups. And I think that that's where you have to be careful, where you're replacing real meaningful connection with superficial social connection. Yeah, yeah, because I think it is so easy to just fall into that trap. Something I really wanted to talk to you about, because this is the one that gets me the most, is relationships and social media, because Mm -hmm. I don't know what is wrong with me. I feel like even though I am so aware, like I can know that a couple that I know have a totally normal relationship, like they have the boring nights where they're just like re-watching Game of Thrones or like, you know, cooking, you know, $5 pasta because they're trying to save money or whatever. Even though I know that they have those mundane parts of their lives, I get so caught up in comparing my relationship to other people's via just social media. Yeah, it's really easy to do. I Another kind of concept that I came across while writing my book was this Nobel Prize winning psychologist, Daniel Kahneman, who is you know really well known for writing this book, Thinking Fast and Slow. He basically describes this cognitive bias that 
is called What You See Is All There Is. And it's kind of this phenomenon that explains why we jump to conclusions so easy, why, you know, we think that things have an easy explanation by kind of deducing that the only information we have available is the only information full stop. So when Mm. we talk about social media and seeing other people's friendships and relationships, if you're looking at Instagram and that's kind of the most insight you have into other people's relationships, which fair enough, relationships are private, and you see, you know, two of your friends are always going on a date night on Thursday night. They're always dressed up. They're getting beautiful lovey-dovey photos. It's easy to think everyone's doing that. I'm the only person that's not doing that, you know. And Mm. that's, I think, when things come undone a little bit. Yeah, When you believe that everyone else is doing something except for you or everyone else is so in love or everyone else is, you know, going to the exciting places, booking holidays. They're so obsessed with each other, planning, as I said, like these beautiful dates, which – the other 98% of couples that aren't posting that on Instagram aren't doing, but you're not seeing it. So you can't think that that's all there is. Even like what will happen with me is like, there'll be like a couple where if I really think about it, the person who I'm friends with of that couple doesn't post a lot about their relationship. But then whenever I do see posts about their relationship, it's like, you know, appreciative posts or they're out or whatever. But if I really like add it all up, it's like once every few months. But for Mm. some reason, I'm like, that's like exactly what you said. That's the only information I'm taking. Even if I logically think about it and go, okay, well, this person just clearly doesn't post a lot. So if they posted every week, I'd probably see all of that like normal run-of-the-mill stuff that they were doing, you know, but they're just not that kind of person and that's fine. Yeah, I'm definitely fall into that category. I big time just take the information that's right in front of me and don't actually think beyond that and go, oh my gosh, this is the absolute truth. I think like, I do feel though that there is this trend and I'm seeing this more on TikTok, I think, than anywhere else of trying to, I guess, create a fantasy relationship on social media and I don't really know what the point of this is. I suppose maybe it's it's an engagement thing. It could just be like um, people enjoy doing this. But have you ever seen those videos on TikTok? There's this whole trend of like a couple will set up like a camera and then they'll, you know, run into the shot and they're laughing and they like one of them jumps into the other's arms and they're spinning around or whatever and it's all beautiful and romantic and there's romantic movie music behind it. And I suppose essentially that's creating like a scene from a movie, you know? Mm -hmm. And that stuff gets me so hard because for some reason, like my brain goes, oh, look at their gorgeous romantic relationship. We don't turn the camera on and run into each other's arms and spin around at sunset. But it's like, why would I be doing that normal in my normal life? Yeah. Do you feel like you have, like when you see stuff like that, are you like, that's something that I want to replicate that you want to do. <laughs> it's like, no, that's the thing. Like I don't, <laughs> I don't want to do that. And like, also it's just, I can just hilarious. If, if I imagined my partner, Tom doing that, like there's no way he would allow it in my life. Yeah. But, you know, like I don't know what it is. I don't have any desire to do that, but then I see it and I'm suddenly comparing it to my relationship and making my relationship less than because of it, which is a very strange psychological step that I'm taking there. Yeah. I think it's always interesting on social media when people are portraying feelings like romance and love and intimacy, which are really hard things to film or photograph. So they kind of have to really turn up the dial. You know, I'm sure that you and Tom have had those moments where you are like, wow, it feels like we're in a movie. I love this guy so much. Yeah. But if someone was filming you then, it kind of would have looked like 
you were just watching TV or <laughs> you were going for a walk. You know what I mean? So I, I, that's, yeah. I think that's where it gets tricky because you're like, I've never had that moment in my life. And it's like, yeah, because that's, it's not realistic. Yeah. It's, yes. it's drawing things through a movie because movies are fake. I don't know if it's a problem. I wonder if it's more because I'm starting to feel more like it's how we consume this stuff, not how we're making it, right? Because mm. with TikTok, like what is really wrong with people making these real-life movie scenes? Like it's fun. They're having a great time. Good on them. There are plenty of people that love that, you know, and I think when I was single, particularly when I was younger and I was like in the throes of my hormones and stuff and like really obsessed with like Joshua Jackson and thought we'd get (laughs) married, like I feel like that kind of content would really like stir these feelings in me that I was really enjoying feeling, these big feelings, right? Yeah. But whereas now I find it really um, confronting, but maybe that's more to do with how I'm perceiving it. Like maybe that's more to do with me going, stop. They're just making a cute scene. It's fine that you do not spin around in front of rolling hills with Tom, you know, like it's completely fine that you don't do that. No one is doing that in their real life. They're just making a scene for TikTok because we've kind of done this thing where we're turning our real life into movies and into the fantasy that we used to only have through movies and through, you know, from an image-based perspective through magazines or, you know, whatever. And is that like wrong, you know? I mean, I don't think it's wrong to create the content, but I know exactly what you mean. And I think that it's, it's weird when you see even something that you did have at one time packaged up into this really digestible, beautiful, stunning movie scene. I feel the same on TikTok when it'll be, you know, my day in the life as a 20-something paralegal in New York and, like, they're doing nothing. They're getting out of their apartment, they're going getting coffee, they're getting lunch, they're going to work. I used to live in New York. I had a job. I got coffee. I got lunch. But I can watch TikToks like that and be like, wow, if only I was that, like, you know, youth is fleeting. Like, why wasn't I taking advantage of every day (laughs) while I lived in the city? And it's like, this woman just has a great outfit and she's going to work and she has a nice apartment. You know, like, I have a nice home now. It's it's just like, I think it's easy to get wrapped up in the nostalgia and the emotion of something when it is visual, there's music, there's people who are normally really beautiful and really young and really rich putting together these scenes that they have deliberately created so that you feel a big feeling. That's actually so true, that New York thing, because that gets me all the time because I never lived in New York. But that's where my brain always goes to when I see those things. I'm like, I should have lived in New York. I would have had this amazing life and now I never will. But you're like, no, I just had a pretty normal life. Like <laughs> like there were some amazing parts just like there are anywhere else. Totally. And I think it could be anything. Like I see others that are like, it's so good to be 19, single and living in a van. And I'm like, why didn't I do that? Or like, why aren't I single and living in a van? And it's like, well, because I have a great life that I love when I'm not watching this 20 second video of someone I don't know. Yeah, exactly. When you're present is a massive one for me. And I actually, in all my years of therapy, big fan of therapy, um, <laughs> I, I feel like this is where I always come back to is my therapist just saying to me, Mel, you need to be more present. Mel, you need to be more present because I'm so easily taken out of the moment by what ifs. And, you know, and I think social media does that for us, if we're not careful, is that you go on there and you're like just scrolling going, what if my life was this person's? What if my life was that person's? And you start to miss the stuff that's great in your life. Like what you just said then about you've got an amazing life, you've got a gorgeous house now, but it's easy to just forget about all of that when you're looking at other people's curated stuff. But if you went around your house and did like a curated version of like, look at my beautiful home and you got the good light and you got, you know, your dog rolling around on a sun dappled rug, 
you would probably be jealous of your own life. Yeah, exactly. But And I, I don't do that, you know, because mm. I don't have the desire to. So it's funny, this kind of jealousy that you feel for people who you know are putting in so much work to make get to get this video right. Now, we just want to take a moment to share more about our sponsor, Yuli. Yuli is saying buck that to the traditional healthcare system by offering a hassle-free online service that empowers women with a modern approach to discreet, convenient healthcare and medicine. Get faster access to medical certificates, treatments, and prescriptions like the contraceptive pill, emergency contraception such as the morning after pill, acne treatments, weight management, sexual health, even assistance to help you quit vaping. And it's all delivered to your door or inbox thanks to their innovative online health service. So buck that and get online by visiting Yuli at yuli.com.au to get your health sorted. I was actually going to talk about um, the flip side of that, which I'm noticing, which is like transparency becoming almost currency on Instagram. Mm -hmm. And I say this fully knowing that I really have become a part of this because when when transparency started to be the cool thing, you know, talking about being quite real, like putting a video up crying because I remember the first time I saw this was it was a um, some a radio host or something. I can't remember who it was, but she put up a video crying in her car and she was just talking about like the relentless like energy output that mothers have to have because they drop the kids to school and then they've got to go do the shopping and then this and then that. And she was just like, it all piles up and she was overwhelmed. And she'd just basically taken a really candid, really vulnerable moment and just filmed herself talking about it. And I loved it because I was like, wow, this is so relatable, even though I'm not a mom, but I relate to the the constant grind, the the feeling of, I guess, being overwhelmed and 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 stuck in a hamster wheel of life Mm -hmm. but then what I'm noticing is and then like I started to do it because I was like I want to then help other people feel okay with the way that their lives are normal and that like show hey like I have these moments too and and even if my life looks great on here like surprise it's not always great but then I feel like we're starting to get to that point where that's becoming the the thing that gets you attention, right? Mm. And then we're all starting to share these really vulnerable moments to get attention, not to be real. I don't think we've reached that point yet, but I feel like we're on the way there. Yeah. I'm always curious about stuff like that. Like, you know, for you who does post things like that, which I a hundred percent see the value in. And I do love seeing posts like that, but I'm always curious, like, how do you decide what's going to be public and what's going to be private once you kind of have crossed that bridge into vulnerability? Yeah, I don't, honestly, I'm still working it out. Like, this is what I'm saying with my social media relationship is that like last year I was getting so into sharing and I really enjoyed it. And then this year I just was like, I don't, love this anymore. Like I I don't not love it. Like I go through these periods where I'll just have this like burst of really wanting to share something. And, and, and when you get really amazing responses from people who are like, this made me feel like seen and heard and thank you so much. I thought I was the only one going through this or like, you know, I I share a lot about mental health on Instagram, for example, and and I'm really open about like my struggles with anxiety and, and, and how that's gone for me. And I think people say I have anxiety, but don't get into like the nitty gritty of it, you know, Mm -hmm. but then 
where I feel like I got stuck was when I would have this, again, evil Mel inside me going, oh, well, like, you know, if you share this thing, you know, people are going to respond and you'll get all this attention and you love attention. And and then I felt icky because I'm like, I'm using my vulnerable moments for attention sometimes. And I'm not saying all the time. And this is what I mean by I don't think we've reached this point yet. But I think whenever something becomes kind of the 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 trend right on social media what can start out as such a pure thing can quickly become a really toxic thing if you're not careful yeah totally because i mean at the end of the day if you're creating content for engagement what's the difference you know i mean obviously there is yeah. a big difference in the tone but if your underlying reason for creating the content is to get more engagement or you're getting such positive feedback that it's encouraging you to do more then where do you draw the line of like, oh, this is content that I want to be making because I believe in it and I think it's good for the world versus that kind of, you know, quote unquote, evil male desire <laughs> to to get the likes, to get people talking and I guess to ultimately get more followers, which is for most people who I guess are thinking about the kind of content that they're creating on these apps is the end goal, right? Yes. And this is where I think it is, is when, when it becomes about building that audience. And I think that goes for TikTok particularly because that's a platform where we're all really able to just get a really instant following. And you see it happen all the time where someone will share like, you know, a story about like a really sad, traumatic story and get heaps of attention for that story. And then they start to just make their whole brand about that story. And it starts to get a bit bizarre. Like I've definitely seen it a million times over where like, it's like, I'm talking like super traumatic stuff that, you know, someone's obviously shared one video and maybe that video was shared with this really pure intention of, of making people feel seen and heard. They get like, they blow up, they become viral. And then it's like, they're milking that story. And you just got to go, where's the point where this becomes unhealthy for you, unhealthy for other people. It's a whole thing. But you know what it comes back to for me is remember with Facebook, when you'd post like one of those cryptic statuses and you'd be like, so sad today. And mm-hmm. you'd be wanting people to come and be like, what's wrong? What's going yeah. on? And is it not just the same thing? Yeah, I think it is. And I think that that is, maybe that is just social media. You know, nothing can be put out there without the expectation of some kind of reaction, right? And with that in mind, does that mean that it's going to be impossible forever to be truly genuine on social media? Yeah. And I think that probably is where we have to stop ourselves and go, I'm going to take a step outside of myself and look at my relationship with social media and go, not like don't have social media accounts because I think that's pretty unrealistic in today's society unless you actually have managed to go off grid, which is, you know, a particular fantasy of mine. And (laughs) I'm really happy for you. But (laughs) you're probably not listening to this podcast then. But, you know, I... I think with social media, it's really important to, yeah, take that step back and and reassess your relationship with it, right? Totally. I totally agree. And so for me, I have periods where I will delete the app. Something that really helped me was taking off notifications from mm-hmm. all of my apps. So I'm actively going on them when I want to go on them as opposed to accidentally getting drawn into them at all hours of the day. Cause I was finding I was spending so much time just doom scrolling, absent minded scrolling, whatever you want to call it, just out of like a notification popping up and me just going on the app and then getting stuck in the app, you know? And so I find taking off notifications means that 
I'm still going into it all the time because it's a it's a habit, right? But but I am not drawn in as much as I was. Yeah, totally. And I mean, that's what they want from you. <laughs> They're making the apps <laughs> that get your attention and keep you in there. Like it's a business model at the end of the day. But I think that it's really easy to think of it as something else. You know, it's the attention economy and the apps want you in there, the people who are making money in there, the people who are selling ads, the people who are dropping affiliate links, the people who are doing paid partnerships. Like they're all benefiting the longer that you spend in the app, which is just the business model of it. Like it's not necessarily or inherently evil in any way, but I think that it's good to recognize that it's not really your fault that you're getting stuck in there. Totally. And I think, yeah, having that having that awareness is really good. And then I think it's just making it work for you, right? Like, like I still do love those moments where I see a post that either, you know, like I can be, it can be a mix of posts, right? Like I still love seeing my friend's wedding photos. I still love seeing even people I don't really know. I still love seeing their holiday photos. Like I'm not saying that like every beautiful, amazing moment of your life that you share on there is toxic. It's it's not that at all. And, and I think you can even have these really healthy relationships with all of those posts. I think it's just whenever I slide into a place of comparing my life to others through social media or, yeah, f- feeling bad, I either think that's the, that's the moment I need to get off and just go be present in my life or even just checking myself. And and, and I've started to do this thing where I stop myself when I'm going down that mental path and go, no, you don't know anything about this person's life. Even if they're like a friend of yours, you don't know everything that's going on. Or if you do know everything that's going on, remembering that it's not this one little snapshot of their life that dictates everything that's happening. Totally. I think that you can have a very different experience with who you follow. And I think for me, that's kind of why my relationship with Instagram has maybe got better in recent years, because I kind of set down a blanket rule at one point, which was like, okay, don't follow people who make you feel bad about yourself. Mm. Yeah. That's a huge one, right? Like unfollow if, if something is just there to make you feel bad about yourself. And, and the only thing you're getting out of that follow is making you feel bad. That's definitely one way you should just go unfollow. Totally. Or mute. Or like, if you're wasting your time, you know, I get in a bad habit where like, I'll watch Love Island UK and then I go on Instagram and I follow every single person and then it's three months later and I'm like, why am I still watching this person's stories going to their, you know, gifted hotel stays in London? Like I barely remember their name, but I'm watching because I want more content and want more content. And honestly, like a lot of my friends are posting less and less. So these random people are yes. coming up more in my stories. So I think that that's more of just a self thing of being like, okay, what are you doing? Like, what else could you be doing with this time that isn't like, I don't know, seeing what workout this like random beefcake from Love Island is doing? (laughs) Oh, but I love knowing what they're doing like years later. It's so fun. Sometimes I'll like unfollow them and then I go and hunt them down like five years later being like, what's that person doing? And just go start on this like massive stalk of like all their old photos. And I'm like, I don't know why I'm doing this. I'm spending all this time on this. No, um, that's how it should be done, I think. (laughs) not following them always, but just going and finding them when you want to. Um, I feel like with TikTok, it's really difficult because the algorithm is so geared towards what you spend your time on. And what I'll do is I'll find myself like immersed in content that's not good for me, content that's making me feel bad. So say those videos of couples swinging themselves around in the sunset, it's almost good in a way because then it makes me I have to scroll past them because I'm like, no, if I spend too much time on this, the algorithm's going to just deliver me this all the time. Mm-hmm. So I need to get past it. And that actually weirdly pulls me out of that sick cycle because I know that if I stay in it, it's just going to keep 
perpetuating itself in my feed. Um, but yeah, I think really with social media, like for me, where it comes down to is is that there is that personal responsibility, and I have to acknowledge that and go, okay. Just because photos of this couple are making me feel question my relationship or just because photos of that person that I knew from high school are making me question where my life is at now doesn't actually reflect on them necessarily. It really comes down to how I am taking it and how I am taking it is that that's their whole life. And even I don't think there's any person in the world that would then stand in front of you and say, yes, that's my whole life. Everything is perfect all the time. Yeah, no way. Absolutely not. Well, thank you so, so, so much, Gian, for coming on the podcast. Thank you for having me. It's been so nice. I know it's been so nice. And look, everybody, this is probably weird at the end of a podcast talking about Instagram, but you should actually go and follow Gian on Instagram. It's Gian Yankovic, all one word. Her content is great and it will not make you feel bad about your life. But also you should do that to keep an eye out for when her book Just Friends launches, which is soon-ish, correct? Start of 2024. So, okay. Kind of soonish, but yeah. <laughs> Follow me. I promise to post updates and post more in general, hopefully. Yes. And thanks so much for listening again, everyone. Bye. Bye. Thank you for tuning into Pop Sugar's Love Rants. Join us again next week as we navigate the vulnerability, embarrassment, and preciousness of love and self love. Follow yuli.com.au on Instagram and TikTok to stay up to date on all things women's health.